0: Giving. What does that word mean to you when you hear it? Does it mean someone who's giving with their time, giving with their talents, giving with their money, maybe a giver of gifts? What does it mean? For years, I was the most reluctant to give with my money. It wasn't until I was at my absolute brokest, if that's even a way to describe it, that I realized that giving of my money in addition to giving of my time and talents and those things, was actually the most valuable and important thing I could do. When I pretty much had nothing to give, giving became the most valuable thing that changed me for the better. Do you ever think of giving financially as something that could be sacrificial and life-changing for not only the person that you're giving to, but also yourself? Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or person who is just trying to make a difference, not only with their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Ashley Becker, founder of Sela Designs. We talk about her incredibly unique business model, where she literally gives 100% of her profits away, her passion for adoption, and so much more. You are going to love it. So without further ado, on to my conversation with Ashley. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on. I am so excited to finally connect with you in this way, because I feel like... We have known each other, you know, through the internets for a few years now and we first connected, I mean, I I feel like it was probably three, three, four years ago. I don't even remember now. I feel like it was. I
1: I think so. I don't know exactly how many years it's been, but I think at least three, I'm going to say. At least, because it was
0: definitely before I even had was pregnant with Amos. So it's, you know, which was three years ago. So. Sometime in that range. But I'm just so excited to finally, you know, really get to know you and hear your story because, I, you know, we've just kind of been friends over email and over the internet for this long. So it's just, it's really exciting. And I'm excited to introduce you to yeah. the listeners of the pod, the podcast and, and all of that. <laughs> yeah. So bef- without awesome. further ado, I just want to jump right in and get to know you um, and hear all about you and your life and Selah Designs and, and how that all came about. So will you do what all my guests do and give us the Ashley 101?
1: Yeah. Um. So I run Selah Designs, which is a jewelry business that I started um, several years ago and kind of slowly evolved from just a little hobby, selling to friends, that whole kind of thing, into um, really a full business that is a nonprofit and we support orphan care primarily and also some other local um, charities that we're really passionate about. But beyond that, I also have four kids. Um, Super mom. And... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that's that's interesting in and of itself. Um, <laughs> I do stay home with my kids and work from home. So you know how that goes. Yes. It can be um, It is really great And also overwhelming at the same time, right? Yes. I mean,
0: I feel like, I mean, all moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms, work-from-home moms, like everybody has their challenges. But I'm like, there just really is something different about working from home and also staying home with your kids. It is... You just kind of work when you can and you just like life looks crazy. Somebody was like, could you do one of those like day in the life things? And I'm like, mm, I don't think you actually <laughs> want to see that because I think it would maybe burst your bubble of Sometimes how disorganized my life probably looks from the outside. <laughs> I, I'm like yes, here I am on a conference call. My kids are watching Dora. Like it's a whole. It, there's a whole thing of just like there's yes. probably too much TV. Uh, way too many snacks are eaten, and a lot of times <laughs> yes. it's me telling my kids to go back to their room for quiet time. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See, I know we we all do the same things. Yeah, I mean, yes. Nobody loves to park their kids in front of a movie, but sometimes that's just the way life is. Sometimes
0: that's what you have to do because they you you're like, "Okay, I'm going to come up with these creative activities like coloring or a uh, Play-Doh." And then after 5 minutes they're like, mm-hmm. "I'm bored." Like and I'm like, "Just yeah. go it's outside. Awesome. Go do something. Find find an activity." Like why do you need to be I'm... in my presence at all times?
1: No. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, it, You know, I have my oldest is eight. And so it does get a little bit easier as they get into that age. But yet at the same time, you know, then he wants to play games with me that the Mm -hmm. younger ones can't play. So You know, every age has its advantages, I guess.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you've got four kids, you run this four business kids. that started as a hobby, but it's now a, a full fledged nonprofit. And so, you know, tell us a little bit about what that what that process looked like from when you started to where you are now and, and what made you decide to take it. Because you got you do something really, really unique. You donate one hundred percent of your profits. To charity, which is amazing. I mean, it is truly, truly is so inspiring. So, I would love to hear kind of how that evolved over the years and what made you decide to, you know, that you know what, this could actually really be something that makes a positive impact.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. So, how I started selling was to raise funds for my husband to go on a missions trip. Um, when my oldest was born, I quit working and I. I was honestly bored out of my mind as far as using creativity and just using my mind. And so I started making jewelry and giving it as gifts and friends and family members started saying, oh, you should sell it. And um, we needed the money for my husband to go on this trip to an orphanage. So um, that's how I got started selling. And then I just really slowly Um, never really dove in, um, in a full time, I'm going to do this 40 hours a week kind of way, but just really slowly started selling more and more to people in the community. And then, um, after a couple of years, a friend asked me to do an art show with her. And that kind of really started me into, okay, what does this look like as a real business And we continued after, um, my husband went on the trip to the orphanage, um, we continued to give all the profit to that same orphanage. So we started raising more and more funds and we started to have some real conversations about, you know, what's the purpose of this business? Why are we doing it? Mm -hmm. Um, giving was very important to us and we felt like, Living on one income, we couldn't give how we wanted to. So we just made a decision very early on that this business, the whole purpose was going to be to give. Yeah. And yeah, so orphan care was something that was really big on our hearts. And so that's where we started um, giving. And that is still to this day, our primary Place where we give, and um, we also work with some local organizations because we want to give first in our community. And so we decided to go the nonprofit route um, for a number of reasons. But one of the biggest things that helped us is that way we couldn't even be tempted to kind of keep the money for ourselves, we couldn't try to think oh we really need this um, or we need a vacation or um, we want to buy this thing we couldn't do that yeah. that way because we were a nonprofit. So so um, it was just a really kind of an easy decision at the time and as the business has grown it's kept our hearts and our minds in check that yeah. we really view it as a totally separate entity it's not part of our income Um, it's not part of our budget. It's just the way that we give. That's amazing.
0: I just think that that is such an inspiration to so many people because giving can be, a you know, yeah. there's like that, there's the, you know, the verse in Corinthians, like God loves a cheerful giver. And for me, Mm -hmm. giving is a huge part of my life too. I love to give both time, talents and finances. Um, But that can be a really contentious thing for some people. And People are not as quick to surrender their wallet as they are to surrender other things. And yeah. that, you know, I think that the example that you have set, not only for people in your community, but people on the Internet, people around you, people in your circle of influence, but also, you know, people within your immediate you know, kind of circle of, of, you know, close knit people from your children. I mean, those are things that your four kids are going to grow up and go, man, mom and dad were generous. And they, they were, they were above and beyond generous and they worked hard to be generous. And we want to be like that too. And, you know, there's that statistic that, um, and I'm going to mess it up because I don't have it in front (laughs) of me, but it's something like only about 5% of um, Christians and you know giving, I think, is a you know Christian. It's a non-Christian thing, but I just right. for this purposes of this, you know, only about five percent of Christians tithe the full ten percent. And if you calculate, like, if every Christian just tithed the full ten mm-hmm. percent, we'd be we'd be able to eliminate yeah. global poverty. We'd be mm-hmm. able to eliminate uh, all the issues with clean drinking water. I mean. Right. It's amazing yeah. what could happen if if everybody gave the ten percent that they're that you know that God calls us to give. And you know, right. again, if if you're if you're not a Christian and if that is something that doesn't really connect with you, just think about the small amount that you could give every month. Like if you gave the exact amount every month that maybe you spend on Starbucks or right. for you know calling myself out, mm-hmm. maybe the amount you spend at Chipotle. Um, yeah, <laughs> think about the kind of impact over time that that number could have. And so anyway, I I just, I think that the topic of giving is an important one. It's an, and it's an important one in business too, because businesses can also have a massive impact. I mean, you look at major entrepreneurs like Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, Bill Mm -hmm. Gates and Oprah who give and give and give Mm -hmm. and give and give and the impact that that has. So I think that's amazing.
1: Thank you. You know, I'm really fortunate because I was raised in a home where giving was just normal. It's just how we functioned in our home. And so I think that because I saw that example my whole life, that it just was normal and kind of a natural thing to me. I didn't think that much about it. Um, but the same wasn't true for my husband. He, um, wasn't always the same way, but I think through the years of kind of just experiencing God more and getting more into um, just the Word and knowing God more and deeper, He has just become an incredible giver, which is amazing for our our whole family.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that because that can also tend to be, I was actually having this exact conversation with a friend last week that this can tend to be yeah. a contentious issue in marriage. And when mm-hmm. you have couples that come from different backgrounds were different um, you know, if it, you know, I was talking to a friend, you know, if somebody who's a Christian marries a non-Christian, then maybe that that, that can be an issue that comes up in marriage when the wife wants to tithe, yeah. but the husband's not a Christian and he doesn't believe in that. So that can be a huge issue. And so, you know, I was wondering how that kind of played out, you know, with you guys yeah. was it was it easy from the beginning or was it a challenge at first?
1: You know, my husband wasn't um, he was a Christian when we got married, one hundred percent, but he didn't tithe reg- regularly before mm. we got married, and I had always tithed my whole life every dime um, that I made. But um, as soon as we got married, we obviously talked about our finances and. We had talked about it ahead of time, and he knew very much how I felt, and he was okay with tithing Mm -hmm. and giving, but um, it did take him a little bit longer. I wouldn't say that it was an issue of strife or contention between us, um, but there would be times when I would say, hey, I think we need to give towards this mission or this cause, or this person is in need. And he would usually say, okay, and come along <laughs> on board with me, but sometimes he was a little bit more hesitant. Yeah. Um, you know, but now today I'm telling you girls, if you're in that situation and you feel like, oh, my husband's not on board, just keep being faithful. Yeah. And don't give up because now he'll say to me, hey, we need to give towards whatever thing. And I didn't even think of it yet. Yeah. So. I love that. That's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: You know, so my, you know, to share a little bit about kind of my background. So my husband, he grew up um, a Christian his whole life. And I mean, he missed maybe five Sundays of church his entire life. And I didn't really become a Christian until my mid to late 20s. And I'm mid 20s. And. For me, a lot of you know, and a lot of this goes back to my testimony, and I'm not going to go into all of that right now. But my testimony really is around my finances, and I had had some, I got into some serious financial trouble when I was in college, made some really big financial mistakes, and had to kind of get my way out of it. And eventually, uh, I realized I couldn't do it on my own, and uh, surrendered my finances to God, and and that the kind of the rest is history. So for me, finances are a yeah. big, big. Big part of my faith journey. And so I am extreme, like it's really, really important to me to tithe Mm -hmm. and have it be, you know, the first 10%. And like even simple things, like I told my husband, I was like, I know this seems silly, but on our, because we have, you know, we have an Excel spreadsheet for our budget. And I'm like, I know this seems silly, but I want the tithe to be the top line of the budget. And he's like, okay. You know, he's like, it's just (laughs) a spreadsheet, but I'm just like, nope, I need it to be the top line. Like, Little things like that are very important to me. And my husband, again, he grew up in a really strong Christian home and they tithed their whole life. But it was, you know, for him, you know, he's always been super financially responsible. He's a financial advisor and he is amazing with money. He's always been great with money. He's never been in debt. Like he doesn't know what that feels like. And so for him, tithing is just It's what you do and it's routine and giving is routine. Mm -hmm. It's part of the whole thing. Whereas for me, so much of my faith is just, connected to money, so a lot of times right. it's not that he's anti-giving because he loves to give, but a lot of times I'm definitely the one that's like, we need to give this much, and he's like, okay, <laughs> let's dial it back a little bit. And you know, sometimes like if, if there's something around the end of the year that we really want to give to, I'll be like, okay, you come up with a number and I'll come up with a number, and then we'll say our numbers and we'll see. And mine's always higher, and he's like, okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because you know, yes, we've had those yes. two. Because he, he's he's <laughs> also Definitely. thinking about saving and retirement, and all that kind of stuff, which I do right. too. But it's just so funny because my numbers are always higher. And he's like, OK. And he always goes along with me. Sometimes he has to talk me down. He's like, all right, let's <laughs> let's let's dial it back just a hair. And I'm like, but God will yeah.
1: provide. But, It'll be OK. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, I'm the nerdy spreadsheet um, budget one in our family. <laughs> and I'm also the giver, too. So that's interesting. Yeah. I think maybe once in our marriage, my husband has suggested a higher number than I was thinking. Um, but, you know, we work it out. I'm the same with my Excel spreadsheet. I love Tithe it. is the first yes. line. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yeah. And giving is number two. And I think they go hand in hand. And mm-hmm. um, that's just the way we've always handled our money and the way that I was trained to handle money. And I just I just see God blessing it. And yes. I just won't go any other way. I don't. I don't care what anyone says. I. I'm gonna give. Yes.
0: Yes. I think it's amazing. Um, okay. So I want to go dive into a little bit into the business into Sela Designs. So first,
1: yes. share where you got the name from. Okay, the name for the business isn't the most exciting thing. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm always um, just curious. You know, it's so funny. That's one of the biggest questions I get asked. Um, The name is just an old Hebrew word for stone. And where I started was um, the first time I ever made jewelry, I was in a little bead store and I was just picking random stones. And they taught me right there in that shop how to turn them into earrings. And so I was always working with different types of stones. And so I just went with Selah because that's what the word meant. So.
0: I think that's so fun. I, I, th- <laughs> I don't think that that's silly at all.
1: I mean, it's, it's not like some big revelation or um, an amazing scripture or anything like that, but.
0: I think it's awesome. Thanks. So how did you, did you always know how to make jewelry? Is this something that came naturally or did you just kind of teach yourself? Because the jewelry you make is so beautiful and so unique you use a lot of different uh, types of mediums you have everything from paper beads to you know the is it tagua it's tagua tagua nut (laughs) tagua nut jewelry um and you know now you're using you know kind of some mixed metals and things like that so where did
1: all of that come from
0: and how did that you know where does the design inspiration come from now and all of that
1: Um, I literally started, like I said, in that jewelry store, um, them teaching me how to make earrings. And I would just kind of randomly do that in my living room on the floor, um, (laughs) just as a creative outlet. But I come from a long line of crafters and creators. And so the creative gene just runs strong. Um, Yeah, in our family, there's lots of us. And so I just really started tinkering and making stuff and finding inspiration all over. I'd see a picture of something and think, ooh, I like that pattern or, um, you know, that shape. Let me see how I can make that. And I started to get more into ethical fashion. And um, I think it was, I was trying to think back of what really pushed me into this world of um, ethical clothing And I think it was a documentary I watched and I just couldn't get past the faces of these children and, um, parents being put in factories where they couldn't see their kids for months on end and just this horrible working condition. So anyways, I started to get really into that and I wanted to use materials that were ethically sourced. And I had, um, just ordered some tagua nuts kind of on a whim and started really creating with them and people loved what i was making and it just became my best seller so most of what i do now is in some way connected with tagua nuts i love that it's a natural material it's eco-friendly um the tagua nuts grow in the amazon rainforest And they are harvested there by local artisans and dried out. Then the nuts are sliced and dyed in all different colors and shades. And so it provides um, an ethical industry and jobs that are sustainable for artisans in South America. And then um, I take the pieces once I get them and design all different things.
0: I know you are loving this conversation with Ashley, but I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who is able to help make the show possible, and that's Causebox. You know my love for Causebox, my favorite ethical quarterly subscription box that I've been a member of for over two years. Cosbox is curating the best products that do the most good. In each seasonal box, you'll find everything from fashion, accessories, homewares, and jewelry, and the best skincare and wellness products. Not only are the products made by some of my favorite companies, oftentimes Cosbox actually collaborates with these companies to make their exclusive products just for the seasonal box. These are limited edition products that you cannot get anywhere else. The products are not just beautiful, they're also useful, they're they're functional, and each box delivers amazing value with a guarantee of over $150 worth of products for only $54.95 or $39.95 if you use my coupon code, which is Molly. And best of all, the impact of each CauseBox makes the whole membership even more worth it. Their upcoming spring box, for example, employed more than 600 artisans under fair trade conditions in India and Kenya. And it put 100 young girls in India through school. How incredible is that? Go to stillbeingmolly.com slash CauseBox and use the coupon code Molly for $15 off. That's stillbeingmolly.com slash CauseBox. Use that coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. Now, back to my conversation with Ashley. Every time I wear a necklace that you've made or uh, my Taguanut earrings, I get people who stop me and say, where did you get that? That's so beautiful. <gasps> it's so unique. And, I, you know, so it's I love that you make everything from kind of classic looking simple pieces to some of these really bold, more, you know, statement type jewelry. And another thing that I have to just personally say is I think your price points are amazing. And so you keep it affordable. So a lot of times people think like, oh, this handmade jewelry has to be super expensive, but you really find a way to make it at a price point that, you know, anyone can really afford. And so you you have yeah. all these different pieces that can really Connect people to uh, the stories behind the materials, and uh, just you, and then also to just the, the great work that you do.
1: Yeah, you know that's a big part that of the whole business that's important to me. Um, I've actually taken some grief, some people saying that my prices are too low, um, but I really want the story to be able to be told by women. At every price point, I want women to feel good about what they're wearing. I don't want them to feel like ethically made or handmade items are way beyond what they can afford. I want there to be something for everyone, um, and I, I just want it to be accessible. And so I try to be fair in my pricing and just um, do my absolute best to give a good product at a good price that can also maintain the business side of things as well. So that's kind of my goal. I love that. What is your vision for Sailor Designs over the next, you know, five, 10 years? Um, That's a good question. So I still have little ones at home and I still work very part time in nap times and you know bedtimes yeah. and all that um uh, so at this point i'm not working full time in this business but when my youngest goes to school the idea is that i'll be able to work more hours and grow this business i would love to be able to not only hire um, women in my community one of the organizations that i work with is called lifehouse and they provide housing and life skills training um, and so I would love to be able to take women out of that program and teach them the craft and the skill and also the business side of things and how to run a small business and kind of give them a launching pad. Um, but also to be able to work with artisans in other countries, um, to be able to employ the artisans in South America directly would be amazing. Wow. That would be the ultimate goal. Yeah. So. And now I just said it out loud. So you well, if
0: you say it out loud, then that just means (laughs) I always. My husband always makes fun of me because every time I have a big idea, I'm like, I have to say it out loud so I can speak it into the universe. And he's like, you sound you sound so like woo woo. And I'm like, no, I'm just saying that if you say it out loud, then you're making it. You're new. You know, you're making that dream happen and you're working, you're taking the steps that you need to in order to get to where you want to be next. And you're not focused on staying right where you are. You're focused on growing and changing and evolving. I think that Mm -hmm. would be amazing to see you, you know, basically have an artisan group behind you.
1: Right. Yeah. That would be um, kind of the dream. And, you know, I feel like once I put it out there and I say it out loud, then other people are going to hold me accountable to that. And so I think that's important, too, um, that other people are aware of kind of where we're going and what direction we're headed in, and they can get on board and support that as well.
0: I will definitely be one of those people that is holding you (laughs) accountable, so... There you have Yay. it. So I'm going to be yes. following Thank up with you, you Ashley, mommy. and be like, hey, so where are you? Where are you on it? You got because those accountability partners and people in your life that Absolutely. can call you out and be like, hey, you said you were going to do this. Where are you on it?
1: Yeah. Get going. Yes.
0: Yep. And uh, my friend, Laura Casey, she is like the the goal queen. And yes. I love how she just really drives home the idea that all it takes is one decision. Every dream, every project Everything we do starts with one decision. Just make one decision. And sometimes goals, big, these big, big dreams, these big goals can really overwhelm us. And we think, oh, I'll never be able to do that. And, you know, the the reality is, is like, well, yeah, if you think about it like that, then you probably won't. But right. if you say something to the effect of, okay, I have this big dream what is the first thing I need to do in order to mm-hmm. that big dream? One of my th- big things, I need to purge all the things like I need to get rid of the clutter and the C.R.A.P. all up in my house. And <laughs> right. that idea overwhelms me. And so I'm thinking to myself, OK, you know, I've done different decluttering things and I'm like, I'm not doing the KonMari thing like that's not that's right. No, that's not that's not what's happening. But I do need to declutter. And so like on my goal sheet, in my, in my goal sheet, I literally have on February 1st, the only thing I need to do is I need to find a good decluttering calendar schedule that works for me. That's all I need okay. to do Yeah, is I don't have to start actually decluttering. I don't need to make any other decisions other than I need to just find a calendar and I need yes. to break it down. And then yes. you, when you find that's like decision number one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you and, can do that. And it's, totally.
0: right. And so when you break it down into these like little by little microscopic steps of, okay, mm-hmm. day February 1st, I'm going to find my calendar. And then once I find my calendar, then I'm going to look and see, okay, how does this break down? And then when am I going to start? And all those things. Yes. And then just break it down step by step rather than standing in the middle of my, my daughter's room that is covered. In, I don't even know. It, like Because kids just yes. acquire Uh, There's really junk, like plastic (laughs) crap. And I'm like, why is there rocks in here? Why are (laughs) there leaves? I've found like the things that I find in my daughter's room sometimes. I'm like, what is the purpose of this? I love you, Lily. And I'm so glad you're creative. But why?
1: Why do we have this stuff? Yes, I know it's everywhere. It just amasses. I'm constantly in a state of purging yes. and always getting rid of. Especially like January. I don't know if you get that too, yes. but like the beginning of the year, I'm like, we got to get rid of everything. Get, yeah. it, all get it all. out. Get it all out. Get all out of yes. my house. So my husband's like, settle down. Yes, yes,
0: yes. So that's that's what I need to do. But but if I you were to just stand it. in her room and look around, I would get overwhelmed and probably just like overwhelmed and just maybe pass out yeah so yeah. <laughs> instead you start one
1: area one room at a time
0: right and so all of this to say you know not to digress too much into decluttering but just yeah. all of this to say that it really goes back to when we think about as business owners or we think about you know just in our personal lives whatever goal we have we have to think little by little because that that big goal can sometimes just be to the fact it be so overwhelming that we we don't ever start Absolutely. so I yep. you know I think that as you kind of think about long-term, how, you know, okay, what would it look like to employ artisans? What would it look like to really grow and expand? You know, I think you just, you just, you go, okay, where do I start? What's the first step I need to do? And you, you kind of go from there.
1: Yeah. And I think um, for me, especially, I have really just kind of looked at this as a means to give and just kind of a side project a lot of times. And also like a fun thing that I get to do. And so sometimes I have to step back and say to myself, hey, remember that this is a business too. Mm -hmm. So it's great that you're having fun self, but you're also running a business. So get it together. Um, So for me, that is um, something that I really have to focus on and taking the business steps and the proper planning and channels um like you said and really breaking it down into step by step is what i'm really working on and looking at right now.
0: Yes. Now so. i i wanted to ask where did the heart for orphans and i know you said your husband had gone on a mission trip um but where did really that that all stem from and you know what has been sort of your vision for uh, you know, kind of that aspect of the business and giving to, you know, orphans and, and yeah. um, orphan care and things like that?
1: Um, my husband went on the trip to the um, children's home, but I had gone with him the year before. I was actually pregnant when he went this time, which is why I couldn't go along on the trip. And so orphan care was really big to me more than to him, which is why originally that's kind of where I started because this was my thing. And he was like, okay, whatever, do what you want to do. And so I've always been really, really passionate about orphan care, about kids who don't have a mom and dad. I grew up in a home where we had a foster brother that my parents were in the process of trying to adopt and it didn't end up working. Um, There were always people and kids in our home that were just welcome. So that was big on my heart. Um, And then I actually, it's kind of crazy how it all worked out in our family, but we were giving every bit for a couple of years into helping with orphan care. And I actually spoke at a conference and I was talking about doing what God had put in your heart to do. So whatever your thing is, that God has given you, because I truly believe that God has given each one of us something that we're passionate about and something that we need to pursue. So I was talking about orphan care, because that was my thing. And um, I talked very openly about it and about caring for the widows and orphans, like Mm -hmm. in James 129, you know. Um, And then it really hit home, just literally i think it was 6 weeks after i had said that all out loud yeah um somebody in our church came to us and said my daughter is pregnant and she does not want the baby mm. and she told me to find a home for it and so i pick you oh my and goodness I, yeah and i said you what she said, I pick you. Here's the ultrasound. It's a girl. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. This really happened to us. And I was like, what? Like, I, I mean, you don't, you don't know what to say in these situations. I still don't know what to say. Um, but my husband did. He said no. No. <sighs> loud and clear. He said no. And, um, we had two little boys at the time. Our youngest had just turned a year old and, um, it was just before Christmas. And my husband asked that I don't bring it up again. And so I didn't, um, I was quiet about it and I felt like, God, why did you put this in my heart? If he's just going to say no, you know, and, mm. um, I just was quiet. And about a week later my husband came to me and said, I have a name for the baby. And I almost fell over, but, um, it was a, a long process. This was December. The baby was due early March. So we're talking, we had just a few months and we weren't in a situation where we were pursuing adoption, where we were knew anything. I mean, we knew nothing about adoption. Um, and it was, probably the craziest adoption story you ever would hear, how God worked every little minute detail and the miracles we saw. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle. Our daughter was born on March 5th. Wow. Um, she was born addicted to cocaine. Um, mm. So just walking through that process and we didn't we felt like we couldn't talk about it while we were going through it a lot because we didn't know if it was really going to happen. We didn't know if the birth mom was going to follow through. We, to this day, have never met her. Um, But it was just an incredible journey. And I think that more than anything, that sealed in our hearts that orphan care was it for our family. That was really our passion Um, so, you know, it started early on, but because of what we've walked through and what we've experienced firsthand, that we have a child that never had to be an orphan. Wow. And so many kids don't get that experience. That's not their story. And so just seeing her life and seeing how God rescued her and preserved her and saved her. I mean, she, the fact that she's alive is a miracle. So all of that has just been, you know, this beautiful work that God is creating in this. It's like a beautiful painting that he scripted and made our lives and woven all of this together. And so because of that, I mean, orphan care is just so important to us. But also seeing families reunited and seeing Women restored after coming out of the lifestyle that our daughter's birth mom um is still in to this day, unfortunately. But just being able to help people in these situations, our eyes have been so opened wow. to things that we just we had no idea,
0: yeah,
1: no idea. Wow. And so, yeah, just being able to see that has just made it so much more real to us, yeah.
0: Yeah. I did not know that part of your story. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that is going to really encourage a lot of people and inspire a lot of people. So thank you for just kind of being vulnerable and sharing that part of your story. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um,
1: I think that's that's a part of our story that sometimes we we keep private or yeah. we keep held back because it is very raw and it is very um, honest, yeah. but we really, we want to, wh- whoever we can encourage or have God use the story. We want that. And we want our daughter to be able to tell her own story yeah, too. And to show yeah. her that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ashley. Wow.
0: Seriously. Thank you so much. Uh, I just, I can't appreciate you enough. And, um, Yeah. Oh man. So okay, (laughs) I'm like this is okay. Here's here's where I need to regroup. Um, Okay. So, you know, for uh, we're gonna transition to a little bit more of a lighthearted part of the show, but not. I mean, I like I think that this all of this is so important and really just tells. the story of how amazing you are and how amazing Sailor Designs is. Um, I will, you know, I will have the links to connect with you and Sailor Designs in the show notes. Um, and I will make sure to have all of that information so people can support you and shop with you and all of that. And a bonus for you guys if you use the coupon code SB, like S is in Sam, B as in boy, Molly, M O L L Y free ship you can get free shipping on your order from Sela Designs so that you should use that and it's there in the Etsy shop Um, but you can also just I think you can just google Sela Designs S-E-L-A Designs and again you can use that S-B Molly free ship for free shipping so get yourself some jewelry some Mm -hmm. gifts so we got Easter coming up we got Mother's Day you know, and really just a just-because gift, you can shop Sailor Designs, SB Molly, free ship for free shipping. Okay, Ashley, here is the part of the show where we might, you know, I've dubbed it the lightning round, and I'm going to ask you some fun questions just to get to know you a little bit more. And, you know, we're just going to have some fun. So this is also the part where my husband inserts a fun sound effect here. I have no idea what he will choose. Every week is a surprise, and it's always fun to see what he... <laughs> what he conjures up. So, are you ready, Ashley?
1: I am ready. Your Honor, I move to disqualify Ms. Vito as an expert witness. Can you answer the question? No, it is a trick question. Why is it a trick question? Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four-barrel carb till 64. However... In 1964, the correct ignition timing would be
0: four degrees before top dead center. All right. First question is, what would be your first question after waking up from being cryogenically frozen for 100 years? (laughs) Are there still iPhones? (laughs) Are there still iPhones? It's probably some like... we like can like teleport using like a telepad
1: cars are there flying cars cars.
0: yeah I I love it that's hilarious okay what is your favorite genre of book or movie
1: um wow I'm not a very good reader um (laughs) movie
0: action action movies Mm -hmm. I like it um, what is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Give?
1: Yes. <laughs> I think that's great. Is that safe to say? Give big, like in a very generous way. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's- Amen. Preach. <laughs> All right, so now we are going to do, these are all either or questions, so you just say okay. whichever is, the, is you know, the, the one of the two. <laughs> all right, okay. pizza or pasta? Pizza. Crushed ice or cubed ice? None. Ooh, no ice. I no like ice. it. Uh, <laughs> tacos or burritos? Tacos. Stay in or go out? Stay in. Listen to the radio or Spotify? Spotify. Read a hardbound book or read on a Kindle? I know you said you're not a big reader, but if you do, do you like a Kindle or do you like a hardbound book?
1: I like a hardbound book, and I'm trying to get better at reading. I know. I'm I'm working on
0: it. (laughs) I like it. Uh, Do you prefer wearing a dress or pants? Pants. Heels or flats? Flats. Country girl or city girl? City. Do you prefer sports or reality TV? Sports. And would you rather drive to your destination or fly? Fly, fly, yes, Hold amen. Those. Unless I'm in like a really sweet motorhome, like we had a motorhome growing up. <laughs> that was okay. how we, because well, that was how we traveled. Yeah. and no, that's awesome. And so if 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 I'm in a motorhome, then I'm like, okay, fine, because it doesn't really feel like you're driving. Because you're just like. Hanging out in this yeah, house, yeah. basically. Uh, but other than that, no. And, and I do not currently own a motorhome. <laughs> so, but that would be fun if you did. It would be. One of my retirement dreams, I'm s- still, you know, six years into marriage trying to convince my husband that this is also his okay. retirement dream. Is that <laughs> when we retire, we buy, like we rent out our house and then we buy just yeah. a sick Motorhome and I'm like by the time we retire Think about how awesome motorhomes Are going to be and So we buy a motorhome and then we just like drive Around the country and you know in the Fall we could go see you know Baseball games at different baseball stadiums Or go see football games at different football stadiums Like go see different you know U.S. you know cool U.S. monuments and museums And parks and all that kind of stuff I'm like wouldn't that be awesome and he's like "Mm -hmm."
1: I'm not sure Oh my gosh yeah Come on, this I'm would be tra- so great. I'm trying to convince my husband to become a college professor so we can follow all all of our children around. Yeah, in school. Yeah, he doesn't get it though. I, I don't, don't know. understand. Come on, I mean it'd be fine. Ugh. Yeah,
0: we've got yeah. time. We've got time to sell them on our dreams. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you do realize that when we retire, like th- this is going to happen, right? Like, you this isn't. You're just going right. to need to take the next, you know, 30 years or however long till we retire. <laughs> you're just going to need to take exactly. that time to just, you know accept and just embrace that this is what's going to happen because you're going to lose so
1: yeah absolutely I agree yep it's happening man
0: I love it Ashley this has been so much fun thank you so much for your time and for your generosity. And again, for sharing uh, just a bit of a a bit of your story. And um, thank you for inspiring so many people to be generous and give. And thank you for the impact that you're having. And I can't wait to see what you continue to do in the future.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome.
0: Ashley's generosity is such an incredibly powerful testimony that so many of us can learn from. And I honestly, I greatly admire her and I want to be Ashley when I grow up. Be sure to give Ashley and Sayla Designs some love on social media this week. I will have all of her links and information in the show notes. And don't forget, you can use that coupon code SBMolly, free ship at checkout with Sayla Designs for free shipping. And another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Don't forget, go to stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. That's being slash cosbox and use the coupon code Molly for $15 off. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring amazing entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thank you so much for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode. And while you're there, would you mind leaving a review of the show? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, which I'm so appreciative of, be sure to use the hashtag businesswithpurposepodcast or tag me at StillBeingMolly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.